Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast. It's the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church where you get to hear the pastors. This is me, Pastor Kevin. I'm Pastor Eric. I'm Pastor Megan. Yes, all of us talking about the upcoming preaching text. It's a joy to be with you all today. Yes. This is a good day. This is could also be called the Great Minnesota Smokeout. Oh, as we record, yeah, holy cow. We another are on another smoky smoke. day for us here, looking out uh, looking out the window and seeing lots of gray haze. Hoo boy. Strange. strange. It's been a weird summer. What a strange summer. Yeah. 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 I thought you were all talking about, like, the haze, you know, as we, we record these at a certain time. Right. But there's always some of these things going on in the world, right? Yes. We're still kind of in the haze of Taylor Swift's visit, taking... <laughs> Pastor Megan just about spit out her coffee all over the microphone. Oh my goodness! I was not going. I was not going in a lavender haze direction on this. I was. uh, I was hoping you were, but you did. There you go. There's been a big haze, though. Big exciting things have been going on. That's like the smoke, right? The leftovers after Fourth of July fireworks, right? All of those things. But to think that we've now celebrated installation for Pastor Mm -hmm. Eric. Taylor yes. Swift's monumental, life-changing <laughs> visit. It appears on social media um, to all these things. And now we're kind of looking into the month of July here and exploring more of our sermon series here about practices. Pastor Megan, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Th- so this is, in July, a little bit of a revisit of what we talked about through Lent. You might remember that we hit some main themes of who we are as a community here at Easter. We talked about things like, you know, that we worship, that we give, that we learn, that we care, that we connect. That's what we were talking about last week, um, that part of who we are, especially here at Easter as a community is that we connect with each other, right? We spend time with each other. We we um, authentically care about people in all our variety and diversity. That churches are one of the few places where that like still happens in an American society, even though it doesn't happen all that well, even in churches anymore. Um, but that's part of what makes Easter Easter, I think, right? Is that we really do care about each other. We really do want to connect with each other and connect with our community, especially thinking about that um Man, that epidemic of loneliness, right? About how much we need each other and how, you know, as I reflect on the past, you know, three some years since the world changed in March of 2020, uh, just how incredible it is to be able to be physically present with each other, right? To see actual faces. Hardly a day or week goes by where somebody doesn't mention something to me about not really having gotten a chance to meet each other because my entire time here has Mm -hmm. been in some way marked by COVID, uh, even though that is waning these days. I had literally had someone the other day, I I was just grabbing a real quick lunch and someone literally stopped and said, I know who you are, but you don't know who I am because you've been here during COVID. And so I just really want to introduce myself. And at first I was like, I'm just trying to eat a sandwich, but but we're trying to connect with each other, right? We're trying to make Mm -hmm. these connections and that's so valuable. And so um, this week we get to go into also I think something that's a real important component of church life of community life of Easter life and that is and that is giving Mm -hmm. you know giving of our time giving of our energy giving of Mm -hmm. our money giving of of our focus and and compassion I think just that that posture of generosity Mm -hmm. which I I see at work here at Easter and is such a joy to be a part of yeah absolutely you know it's so striking because um it, it kind of goes both ways, right? At some level, people get sometimes can get frustrated when the church talks about money, 
because they feel like they're asking something of me. And it's like, yes, actually, actually we are <laughs> because Jesus asks us to um, participate in the community fully. But I also just want to say it out loud that if your church does not talk to you about money, it means the church has nothing to say about it. And that's almost worse in a mm. culture that is so ramped up about just about everything related about money. And so if whatever side you kind of find yourself on today, maybe just do a gut check and just ask God, God, change my heart about this understanding of this yeah. or what my mm-hmm. what, what it is that you want to talk to me about with money. Because most of the time, money is connected to some sort of deep-seated emotion type of thing. And I know as your pastoral team, we talk with couples sometimes mm-hmm. about what money how money makes you feel that's an Mm -hmm. exercise that Mm -hmm. sometimes we can talk to folks about is how does money make you feel because it's never neutral and the lessons that we were experienced raised as kids with uh those really shape our attitudes and as much as we say like well i'm not going to be like that i'm not going to fight about balancing the checkbook or whatever it is we take those lessons with us wherever we go and i think it's just important to recognize that that your feelings about that come from some place. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let your faith be a place that doesn't become a lens for you to look at money. Does that make sense? Yes, that, absolutely. Yeah, it makes you makes you feel something. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think it should make you feel something. I think if you're honest about it, there's no place you're going to go in culture that doesn't want to try to make you feel something ultimately about money, right? Like. Um, Money is the is the common denominator in culture. So, I mean, Pastor Kevin, for you to say that if your if your church isn't saying something about money, it's because your church doesn't have anything to say, and that I, that means your church is failing you, mm-hmm. uh, because you need to know what you, as a person of faith, are going to think and mm-hmm. say about money, just like you, as a person of faith, need to know what you're going to think and say about relationship, about service, about sharing the gospel, about any of those components of public life, especially as a, a human in the world. You do not live. Your your Christian faith in isolation. You do not live your Christian faith in a vacuum. You live it, live it in the reality of the culture in which we find ourselves. Yes. And that's going to mean you don't have to talk about money. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't find a way to put your faith into that conversation, that, you, that you're already in trouble. So mm-hmm. it's part of why we want to talk about it here mm-hmm. and now to, to, to help you start thinking through it, to help you start putting a faith lens on your money conversations. Mm-hmm. Yes. So 2 Corinthians becomes a lens, a a way of set of glasses, right, to be able to put on, to be able to look at not simply how you handle money in your own personal life, but how we together have a conversation about money and about uh, particularly the impact that we can have together because of the gospel. Uh, There's so many different ways that people do that. In the most recent new member class, which Pastor Megan, Pastor Eric, I, Jamie Day, um, other folks were there to be a part of that, to, to share in that. Some of the new stories that people brought to the table with them about why they're coming to Easter was that the impact that they see that Easter has through our partnerships mm-hmm. of the folks not only that we host, but also beyond the impact on people's lives. And I think you have to realize that that happens because of your generosity. So thank you for that because it matters. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your support because it does matter. And what 2 Corinthians does for us today is it gives us a window into the way that the early church tried to figure out how do we support people? How do we support the care specifically of the Jerusalem church, which was kind of, you know, like the OG of the the church, right? Literally where it started. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. where it started. 
Um, and they were trying to say, like, we care about the folks in Jerusalem. These are our spiritual elders, the folks that, you know, prayed for us and cared for us and then opened the door for us to be able to meet Jesus. Uh, how do we care for them now in this season of their life? Paul is making an appeal on behalf of the leaders of, uh, of, of the Jerusalem church and are now inviting the Corinthian church into that mix. And so we wanted you to hear a little snippet of that letter. It's two chapters, eight and nine. Uh, and Pastor Megan is going to read some from chapter eight. Yep. This is Second uh, Corinthians chapter eight, verses one through seven. This is my friend Paul continuing to talk. Oh, boy. Uh, it's good stuff, though, she <laughs> says grudgingly, Paul. my buddy. Uh, starting with verse one. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. And this, not merely as we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us so that we might urge Titus that as he had already made a beginning, so he should also complete this generous undertaking among you. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. Whew, this is the Lord, word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Yeah. It's so striking because in this letter, <clears throat> Paul and his team of disciples, right, are basically trying to smooth over a bad relationship. We know that Paul and the church in Corinth had had some tough times, and so here he's trying to continue to smooth things over and to and, and yet still try to do ministry, which is to make an appeal. So yes, we this is a complicated situation between uh, folks who don't really trust Paul, and so he's kind of trying to follow up and say, why haven't you been supporting the way maybe some of the other churches have been? And so he's, he's stepping into that role. And I kind of want to give away a little bit of the punchline today because it's important that you hear it first and then we can kind of come back into it. But really it's verse 9, which is just outside of what Pastor Megan's read. But I want to read it for you. And then Pastor Eric, I think, has a, a thought, maybe even mm, a vocation here mm -hmm. that I want him to get in on. Verse 9 says, For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty you might become rich yeah i think that's kind of at the heart of this kind of passage and the letter piece here is interesting that paul is making this claim right that jesus does something on our behalf mm -hmm. yeah yeah i was for me what really stood out for the message of this reading was um, the doctrine of vocation, we call it. And it's um, essentially that we were saved on account of Christ to become free to completely give ourselves to our neighbors. So mm -hmm. it's kind of Christian accounting, Christian, the way, <laughs> the way that we, the way that we do things is that, you know, we're living um, on sort of borrowed life from Christ. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that takes some of the, um, 
I don't know, some of the guilt, some of the obligation out of it. It's not like this, uh, you know, Paul isn't saying to the Corinthians, uh, if you were as good as the Macedonians, you'd be giving at least as much as them. He's not, I mean, he's not saying that. He's saying, let me show you a model of of what generosity can look like. Let me show you what what this fulfilled life in Christ looks like, this concern for the community, this full trust in God's providence in such a way that you know that you can give I mean, even beyond what you think you have in a way that truly benefits the whole community. There's, You can hear that in, in, a, in a framework of guilt, but I just want to free you from that. I want to right. hear you in an invitation of, you know, Paul is saying to the Corinthians, you're, you're welcome into this work. Like you are, you are freed to be a part of this, not out of mm-hmm. any obligation on your own part, not because you're trying to work your way into salvation, not, you know, you, this is what you're freed to do. This yeah. is what you get to do. The one of the you know slogans along these lines from the Old Testament is that you've been blessed to be a blessing mm-hmm. to others. So that's what your whole life. This is the Christian life is uh, complete uh, freedom, and it's you, you don't have to perform anything to earn favor from God. He's freed you from that, so that you can just completely give your life for your neighbors. So that means you know in the case. Um, sometimes money is an expression of your life. And so even in the case of money, being able to just give it is actually sort of, I'll, I'll put it this way. It's, it's an adventure. The adventure mm-hmm. of Christian life is letting go. Yeah. And it, yeah. it actually, the more you let go, the more you receive, the more rewarding it is. It's, it doesn't, it never goes how you expect as a as a sinner that it's gonna go like you're gonna just lose out (laughs) you're gonna lose everything you're gonna lose your life that's not the way it works yeah there's a an old pastor mentor of mine who used to say just truly jubilantly as he opened his wallet i just love giving money away and he wasn't being sarcastic he was being real like he had fully lived into this reality that there is this joy when you share of yourself Right. Yeah. And and you're doing it not because you have to. You're not doing like, oh, this is how I buy my way into heaven. With exactly. another 20. It's this whole like, exactly. no, I am saved. I am freed. I am good to go. And I can't bring it with me. I can't bring it with me anyway. <laughs> so it's it's a, it's fun to give it away. It's yeah. fun to share it. It's mm-hmm. fun to bless others with this generosity and joy. So I, I think about that a lot. Right. And so I think about this invitation of Paul's. Right. Where he's saying, hey, hey, hey. Other people have been going through a hard time and they've still been generous. Just want you to know there can be joy even in a hard time in our giving, in our generosity, in our openness to God's work among us. Isn't that weird to hear invitation and joy to talk about money? Like that's usually mm-hmm. not, oh, it's yeah. usually there's not enough or there's a fear. I've or got plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I got to hold on to what's mine. Yeah. Yep. Right. And um, I just want to say then too is that if, if you hear a version of the gospel that sounds like you're going to get money because of your faith ooh, in Christ, ooh. I have to say this yes. out loud because it's a, <laughs> it's a real thing, friends. Yeah. Like, that is not the gospel. Mm-hmm. The gospel is always mm-hmm. about other-centered, neighbor-centered, invitation-centered, joy-centered. Yes. It's not about something that you get or that your own financial gain that's a way of taking the Bible and twisting it to some degree to tell a different story. Sometimes it's called prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. But friends, it's alive and well in the Twin Cities. Oh, yeah. It's alive and well in events that come touring through here. I won't name any 
events recently, but it's a thing. It's a thing that was served in my own Facebook feed. Right? Oh, yeah. To be able to say, like, hey, if you come, you will be blessed. And yeah, God us. wants to bless you richly. Right. And not in like he wants to bless you richly with the joy that comes from knowing you have participated in the mission of the Holy Spirit among us. But God wants to bless you richly in actual in actual dollars. And it's such a perversion. Like, how, how dare we assume that the bottom line of someone's bank account has anything to do with a demonstration of their faithfulness. Right. It's don't, don't, don't. Mm-hmm. You want to get me worked up? You want to get me angry? Start talking. Ooh. Yeah, boy, get ready. Because start talking about how someone's uh, wealth or business acumen or any of those like bottom line kinds of things are because God has mm-hmm. said, oh, you've been so faithful. I will bless you. What? Mm-hmm. Someone who doesn't have as much money isn't faithful. God doesn't bless them. But let us not assume that this is the very clear, direct red line of how God works. God has only right. ever asked us to participate in the Spirit's work in the world generously, joyfully, abundantly, not because of what we get out of it. We've, as Pastor Eric has pointed out, we've already gotten everything out yes. of it. Yes. Well, that was a nice podcast. Ho! <laughs> That's good work. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just, just, just one way to get me worked yeah. up. Is well, like, like, so if to go further with it, right? If any of you have visited uh, our friends in Tanzania and Guatemala, right? Like if you've ever spent any time with the global church, I will get angry at you. How dare you try to tell me that our friends in those places are less faithful because they're less less wealthy by our accounting. Oh, don't. I'm going to sit back and take a drink of coffee and calm down here. <laughs> well, it's, it is so striking when you, when you see that because a lot of what Paul is offering in this whole passage, everything that's related to words in English that we would look at as giving or as, you know, participating in an offering, it's the same word. It's the word for grace. Yeah. It appears 10 times in this passage, which is amazing to think the word grace could be translated 10 different ways. Mm. But I think that's kind of maybe what Paul is trying to say is that the grace that we have been shown through Christ's life, death, and resurrection on the cross, that becomes a transforming way and a lens for us to be able to even see our 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 work and our giving and our shared giving together. Nice. Because at some level, this isn't about us. It's about it's not about me. It's about all of us. It's what we can accomplish at Easter. And I think we have to say, God has been faithful to Easter. Look Amen. at what we've accomplished together. Yep. Amen. Over 50 years that we've been serving together. Just shy, yeah. Just shy of 50 years. So, I mean, that's a huge, uh, a huge gift, I think, to be able to just point that out. And I wonder then, too, is that what are the stories then that we could tell about Easter's generosity because of what we do together to be able to bless the world, right? Whether that's the work that we do with Open Door and our partners there or sending kids on mission experiences that where it's what we're doing right now. I mean, all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I, I realize, too, that when we're talking about generosity, I will always talk about money, but I will always talk about the fullness of generosity, right? Like being generous with your time, being generous with your prayer, being generous with your physical presence, like showing up for and with other people, nope. being generous with your with your passions and with your wisdom. Uh, I'm always going to talk about those things too, not because I'm going to make one more or less important, but because we realize that 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 God calls us fully, fully into mm-hmm. community with all of who we are and all of what we have. Um, 
And that is a that is a joy, that is a blessing, that is a gift to be able to share that with each yeah. other. I, I just have a, a little quote that I think builds on that. Mm. I just want to throw out there that God lifts us up from the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary, even as we pursue ordinary tasks. Oh. So it doesn't have to look amazing either. Just know that God is doing extraordinary things through your life as you just freely love and live for your neighbors. That's the invitation, friends. Amen. Is to live into that generosity this week. That's our hope and our prayer for you. Um, this has been the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry, carry on! on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone. May the road rise on.